Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. This episode will be on House of the Dragon, Episode 4, The King of the Narrow Sea. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. We're really excited to be here talking about Episode 4 of House of the Dragon. And I have to say... I think this might be the best one yet. For the lack of dragons and lack of action, we had a death on camera for sure. The guy yeah. at the court when uh, Renera was being presented all the potential suitors. The, the, we the got fight. a little blood. Hardly a shot of a dragon. We just got Craxis for a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. And other than that, no dragons, no really action, but it was so much drama. So much happened, so much scheming. So many relationships have been getting more complex so many interesting situations that this episode is full of. And I think it was might be my favorite of the of the season so far. Episode 3 was great with the bookend of Damon, but this one was really excellent. And I feel like the time jumps are really working for the show uh, in a lot of great ways by propelling the story forward uh, very quickly. There's a lot going on from episode to episode. And it's it feels like in terms of how relationships and how much has happened for each relationship, that feels like most of a season in terms of the drama. The drama! There's only four episodes, and they're doing an amazing job uh, basically having this chugging along at a breakneck pace, I think. And I, Damon got, Damon's got new hair. Damon. Da- Damon, <laughs> Damon looks great with that the shorter hair. It suits him. Uh, I, there's so much going on. Uh, this is definitely an excellent ec- episode for Viserys and Rhaenyra. I think Patty Considine is killing it right now, and the, all the cast is. Although we did, we didn't get to see any Lord Corliss this episode. I'm sure, I'm sure he's got a lot more to do later in the season as well as his wife. But I think that with these three main players, and as well as Otto and Allison, there is a lot going on, and big things happen. Otto is out. Otto is done for now. Yeah. He's coming back. He'll, because he'll, he'll the thing be with back. Otto, he's the hand of the king. He was fired at the end of this episode because clearly... He didn't even get to put in his two weeks. He has been working his own schemes. He got his daughter to be queen. His son, his grandson, Aegon, he hopes to be the next heir of the Iron Throne. So he has... has His judgment for being hand of the king is completely destroyed now, which finally Rhaenyra showed Viserys that you can't trust Otto anymore, even yeah. though he's been a loyal servant for many years. And I love how Viserys brought up how Otto became the the hand of the king to Jaehaerys anyways. Like, it's five days. That's all it took for you to be just a man of the court to the second most powerful man in the realm. How'd you do it? Stuff like that. So I, I really like that. But Viserys, he's, he's easily swayed, you could tell, between Alyssa and Rhaenyra in terms of what they want him to do. They're kind of controlling him for their own ways effectively. And Viserys also revealed that Otto kind of schemed his way using his daughter Alicent to court him in his time of grief in that in a lot of ways he was blinded by the grief of his wife's passing to really understand what Otto was doing behind the scenes pulling the strings uh, and he was he gave into Alicent's courtship because she was there when he needed someone to talk to she was a an ear to to listen to him and also a sign of comfort for him. And so he didn't realize what was happening back then, but now that his mind's clear, now that it's several years after the fact, and also with the hint from his from Renera revealing that like Otto shouldn't be trusted, he's finally come to the conclusion that Otto really spearheaded this entire scheme of Allison um, possibly ascending to the throne, and definitely Aegon having an excellent chance of the throne. Otto's kin being royalty and he didn't see it before because he was just in such a deep grieving process 
And this movie opens great with Renera, who, even though last episode Viserys gave her his blessing to choose her own husband, her own suitor, she's on a tour of the realm to find all these potential suitors, all these young men, old men, potential princes offering their hand and their family and whatever they have for resources in marriage. She is not enticed or intrigued by any of them. She does not want a single person. Some of them are children. There's like a 12-year-old kid who kills that guy. Yeah, that's pretty Which sick. is pretty cool. Yeah. And she must choose a husband. We talked about that last episode. But then Damon shows up while she's on the boat. And you can tell she's nervously yeah. excited. And he shows up on his dragon. But she's on his mind. He's on her mind because during the courtship scene, she's touching the necklace he yeah. gave her. And, he, and yeah. she's wearing it when he arrives yeah. on purpose. And I love Damon's entrance. He's, entrance. He's got a new look. And you don't know what's going to happen because obviously this episode was teased. We saw him showing up with his own crown on, with the sword, entering the realm, entering uh, King's Landing. And he's wearing... Oh, was his, that in the teaser trailer? Yeah, the teaser oh, trailer. I don't so watch He was them. wearing the crown. I'm Enticing. like, what is going Ooh. on? And then so he showed up. He was, he was told um, his brother that he was named King of the Narrow Sea after the defeat of the Triarchy and the winning of the Stepping Stones. The Stepstones, I'm sorry. And I'm sure he, he'd step on them. He bends the knee, surprisingly, to Viserys, his brother. He offers his story. He said, add this to the collection. Here's my crown. I know there's only one true king, your grace. And this whole time, you're like, what's going on in Damon's mind? What's he doing here? And then I think we found out through this episode what his real motivation was to come back is to use politics to get his get closer to the throne to try to insert himself onto the throne rather than force. What Damon did in this episode, it's his best episode so far because of the manipulation he he used and just basically his adeptness within the politics of social status and social hierarchies and the relationships with these people. He really gave put himself in a win-win situation with this because what he did was basically make it allude to the fact that he and Renera had sex even though he courted her. He brought her to the brothel out in public, made sure that she removed her hat so everyone could see her blonde hair and see that it was the princess there. Got her drunk. Got her drunk. And then kissed her for a bit, but then and then he left her. And so witness accounts, uh, it seems like they had an affair that night. Uh, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. But he alluded to the fact that it is perceived that he did it. And this really puts him in a win-win because uh, if – so Viserys – and the council, if they believe he did it, he has the he makes the play of wed her to me, wed your daughter Renera to me, and we can marry in the old way of our house, of the Targaryen way, and we can make House Targaryen stronger than ever before. That was his first play. And then the second play is a possibility of Renera being um, denounced of her titles and her heirness. Her, her airship is that a word? Airship. Air, I like airness. <laughs> right to airhood. Yeah, airhood. 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 Is, is that, that a word? Right. Is that that a sounds word? airhood. I don't airhood. know. It sounds weird. And so, if Viserys ends up denouncing her, then that leaves one less person in Damon's way to uh, taking the throne from his brother Aegon. It's so interesting how important marriages are to the Iron Throne that we're learning in the season so far. Really early on, how important marriage plays in politics and you can tell that the first half of this episode Damon is trying his best to corrupt Rhaenyra and entice her to the dark side in a lot of ways he's explaining to her that like marriage is just a political tool for men and women they can't really escape it like I'm still married to the person that I never wanted to marry either so it's, it's 
affects me as well as it would affect a woman. Obviously, you said it a, not, a lot nicer than he did. Yeah. <laughs> for a woman, though, she's afraid of being trapped in just being a person to be used for childbearing for potential heirs to a throne. Just like her mother. Potential male heirs yeah. to the throne. Her mother went through it and then her friend's going through and it. And I really liked how Damon, you know, we had this nice situation where he left her some some clothes, some street clothes, a little note of how to escape from her her room with a secret entrance or exit that she didn't ever know about. She went onto the streets of King's Landing for the first time in her life ever, probably in Westeros. It was a really fun, cool sequence, but I think it was really clever to first show her that theatrical performance of how King's Landing and the population views her as the next heir to the throne and how even the the men and women of Westeros would not accept her. They would call, They all called her a feeble heir if she was ever queen to the throne versus Aegon, who only difference is he was born as a male. So he's obviously looked upon as the citizens as being a much stronger candidate, which is super unfair. And it was a really re- great way to break her down psychologically, then take her to the brothel in the sex house and then plant his seed of of ruining her reputation and the supposed defiling of herself. Renair is in a really difficult spot because... At the end of the episode, she's given uh, the tea, the tonic, which will abort um, if she's become pregnant. It will abort whatever happened, and it's basically like the King's Landing version of like the morning after pill. Plan B. Yeah, Plan B. And the episode ended on a cliffhanger of is she going to drink it or not? Now she did end up having sex with Kristen Cole, her King's Guard. Oh yeah, Kristen. He was like, he was like, if I, 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 I don't wish there was, a, I should have put money down on that happening this season. I just wanted yeah. that so bad. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it worked out. I think they could be. Like, I don't know. I think that well, obviously, Jamie Chris, and Jamie and Cersei did it for twenty years. Yeah, but they're royal blood. Kristen's not royal blood. Yeah. If anyone finds out, he's dead. Well, Kingsguard too is like Jamie would have gotten in huge trouble if anyone found out. People, it was just rumors, but no one really knew for sure. So, Kristen's in a tight spot, and so it looks like. If Renera doesn't drink the tea, she could possibly become pregnant, and then ha- then what's she gonna do? I doubt she would rat out Kristen Cole because it would probably sentence him to either death or banishment, either one of those, or a horrible punishment. So to save him, she would probably surmise that she would agree with the story that it was Damon who impregnated her. So if she does become pregnant, it's one of those two options she has, or maybe she could say it was a stranger. I doubt that would be the case. So it's interesting to see what she would say because I, I don't think she's going to drink it. I don't think she's going to drink it. Do you think she's going to drink it? I'm not sure because it's really also interesting how her and Allison, Allison, sorry, Allison, <laughs> just say it like Allison. Alice, her and Allison have kind of been trying to rekindle their relationship, and then Allison overhears Otto telling the news to Viserys that she was spied at the brothel, supposedly coupling with her uncle Damon. And it seems like one of the strengths that uh, Rhaenyra still had as a card for keeping her spot as heir to the throne was being a virgin and keeping her virtue, which is what Allison says to her. And so it seems like the loss of her virginity really weakens her and Viserys' position on the throne in terms of someone else not wanting to wed Rhaenyra to strengthen their spot. Even though Damon, I love how he tells Viserys, he's like, you are the dragon. What you say is law. It doesn't even matter anymore. But it it lessens the prospects of someone, another strong family, wanting to marry Rhaenyra and join the family of the Targaryens. Yeah, Viserys is too, he's too beholden to tradition and... Uh, I, I guess a sense of morality, but especially the traditions of the day, whereas 
Damon's like, you're the king. Whatever you say is law and whatever you say is the truth. So uh, Damon sees him, his brother clearly as just a weak king, uh, too feeble, ironically, to really let this pass and take dominance over the conflict and make the decision himself. And Rhaenyra being deflowered by Kristen Cole, I wonder if, I'm sure she does have feelings for him, but I think that she was just, I think she just wanted to have a moment of power, of control in her life, of being free for a moment because she's the one disrobing Kristen and making it happen. And he's just like, he doesn't want to, He's very reluctant, and she has to take all of his clothes off, basically. I think that Rhaenyra, for once in her life, she just wanted to take control of, of what was going on around her and to choose someone rather than someone she wanted rather than someone she had to choose. So I think that it, it, was, it made total sense that she chose Kristen, someone she has a connection to. We'll see if they ever have like a real bond of intimacy, uh, some kind of relationship in the future going forward. But I think that leaving the cliffhanger open-ended means that, for me, she's not going to drink that tea. And she might, get a, she might get a baby out of it. That's my guess. I think she will be, become pregnant because I think we're going to have the time jump soon to her yeah. being a mother and still being heir to the throne. That's my guess when we're going forward, whether it's going to happen five, six, or seven, whichever episode will happen, it's going to come soon. But also, that's, that moment that I think Rhaenyra chose to do it because going out with Damon. When they were at the brothel, he said, people come here to take what they want. I think that he kind of opened up something inside of her. To, That's a great point. To want to... She didn't realize that sex could be pleasurable for women, I think. Not just not just that, but yeah. also she can do what she wants. Yeah. It's her life. You can do whatever you want. Not only are you the princess, but you have control over yourself. So it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what tradition says, but you should have control over what you want to do. And she, I think that's the whole point of that. And she calls BS on the entire thing because she says to Viserys, like, if I was a man, if I was your son, I could sleep with all the women I want. I could have as many bastards as I want and no one would bat an eye. Uh, and it's uh, it's uh, just such a contradiction that she has to deal with because she's a woman. And even he says, so he's like, yeah, well, that's you're, you're a woman, so you can't have sex with whoever you want. There's different rules. And she's tired of the rules. She's tired of these walls put up around her. She wants to live more freely. I think this was a great moment for her to, to show how willing she is to rebel against the norms and the traditions that she was born into. And I'm sorry. Oh, no. I was done. I was going to say two other really important things happened in the, near the end of this episode where we learned in the beginning of the episode that Lord Corliss is looking to seek an alliance with another competing very powerful family, and they're going to have to do something about it because if them two team up, it's the, the free cities, then they'll be a formidable opponent to the realm and King's Landing and the Iron Throne. And so after... Otto tells Viserys about um, Rhaenyra, and Viserys and Rhaenyra talking. He says that now you will marry Lord Corlys's son. We will make a marriage and a fusion between the Valerians and the, and the Targaryens, the Corlys family. And in addition to that, um, we were revealed, or he revealed to Rhaenyra the prophecy that he's been dealing with his entire life, where he has the dagger that was inside the the fire, the Valerian steel that revealed the secret message, which, the, which is the prophecy about the prince that was promised, which is Damon. So he's been waiting for this moment, basically. He's been waiting for Damon to become a threat to himself in the Iron Throne. It seems like, or it might be Aegon who was the prince who was promised. We, I don't know if we know. No, the prince who was promised was Jon Snow. Aegon. So Aegon, yeah. No, but Jon Snow, Aegon. 
John that, Snow. That's a- just that's John Snow's real name. Aegon. Yeah. So that's what I mean. He's so, the prince who was but promised. But in this world, yeah. two hundred years before John Snow, they don't know who the prince is promised yet. I'm assuming Viserys either thinks he thinks it's probably gonna be his. That's his brother. Yeah. But really, it could be alluding to Aegon. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's worried. There. I think every Targaryen has been worried about who, what this prophecy means. But it does end up being John Snow, Ice and Fire, uh, Stark, and. Um, Targaryen. Yeah, but we got to look at the, like the that. Snow and that the doesn't fire. exist. We yeah, look, yeah, I know. Um, I the perspective I know, yeah. of them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. yeah, I was just letting you, anyone who didn't know that he Aegon. was the prince. Who was so Jon Snow, Aegon. Yeah, because he, he, what would he have been? John Aegon Targaryen? No, <laughs> his name would have just been Aegon. Aegon Targaryen. Yeah, Jon Snow was the name that Ned gave him. That's right. Yeah, and Snow for being a bastard, and he just named him Jon. But his uh, his Ned sister revealed his name in that whisper. Remember. You're right, Aegon yeah. Targaryen. Oh, yeah, yeah. damn. That's thanks thanks yeah. for reminding me. No worries. That's the prince who was promised. But I think that <clears throat> Viserys, I think this is something that's passed down from uh, ruler to ruler since uh, uh, the prophecy was made. I love it. I think it's really, I love these little Easter eggs. It's so cool. That allude to the the story we're so familiar with. And I didn't watch the teaser for next episode, so I'm not sure if the time jump is going to happen Dude, I love, watching the, I love watching the show without no, watching yeah, the trailers. I didn't want to because don't do it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just getting more into the show. It's yeah. just so well made. It's it's so well done that the characters are just really well written and performed. I, I It's really terrific. I think it's the probably the best thing on TV right now. It really is. It's incredible. Yeah. The cinematography, the production design, set design. And the directing. Is. The directing. So here's a shot that it's really great, simple directing. So the scene with Viserys and Otto. The way it's framed tells you everything. So Otto's shot is it, the camera's above his head looking down on Otto, and he has a lot of empty space to the left of him, whereas Viserys is shot from a low angle, and he's got space in front of him. This shows the power dynamic just with the visuals. You have Viserys, dominant, hot, tall in the frame, and then you have Otto, closed off and small in the frame. Just that great, simple bits of filmmaking and just visual craftsmanship helps tell the story. And you don't really see that on much on that much television, even nowadays. So I just think that the whole team, from the craftsmanship to the directing, writing, and especially the actors... It's just firing on <laughs> They really knocked it out of the park. I can't wait to see where it's going, too, whether or not Rhaenyra will actually marry into Lord Corliss' family. Because I'm telling you, I feel like when we time jump, she's going to have children. Yeah. Well, no, I th- there's a... Sh- there's a. I remember there's a, a, an image from the trailer, the, the just the main trailer, of her dancing with Corliss' son at a ball. So I think that's probably... There's going to be a courtship phase for them. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so I don't think she'll be pregnant at the start. And oh, you mean when they're older? No, when they're younger. No, I mean the, when the time jump happens, I mean they're going to have kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was saying. But um, there's def- there's definitely going to be a courtship phase. There's That ball is probably going to be in the next oh, yeah, episode. Oh, so maybe a couple more episodes. Yeah, and his son jump. looks like he's about her age, maybe a little bit younger, but not like a kid. I'm going to miss these actresses once we go time yeah. jump. I think they've done a terrific job. Uh, the characters. Fans are actually talking about that online, like, oh, we don't want to see the them actresses get replaced. The actresses who and but I think, I I'm think, sure they'll do t- flashbacks. Yeah, maybe they will. But the other two actors do look like they're they could be believable in their thirties and even late thirties if they need to be. Whereas these two young actresses, I'm not sure I could buy them as like thirty, oh, like mid thirties. Yeah, 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 they have to. do I it. I think it makes they sense. They look too young, especially the. I mean, both of them. They're they're still pretty baby faced. They look like they look like they're seventeen. They look like they they're the ages they are in the show. But if terms of them being close to forty, which I, I think the other actresses will be. I'm not sure I could see them as that. So, and also, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I'm just going to miss them. Yeah, I'm going to miss I them. The great. actress they got, Emma D'Arcy, looks just like 
um, Millie Alcock. It's crazy. Like, it's a, a perfect casting. Like, and Olivia Cook's so yeah, talented. So yeah. I think we'll all be grateful that we had them in these early performances. But I think mm-hmm. we'll all get really excited about once, yeah, once their just, performances We're just used to them, and like we don't want to see them go. I, I think we're going to be totally in love with them, their characters as well. Yeah. So this show has been killing it so far. Huge fans of it. I'm liking it more than when I first started Game of Thrones. I'm really into this show for sure. Yeah. Cannot wait to see where it's going next week. And stay tuned every Tuesday, House of the Dragon Review and Recaps. Uh, we just posted an episode yesterday on 500 Days of Summer. If you haven't seen that yet, go watch and listen. It's a great review. We analyzed and deconstructed the crap out of Tom Hansen in that movie. <laughs> Thursday, we're doing Who is the Best Batman and Who is the Best Bruce Wayne. It's a good one. Lots of fun. And then yeah. Obviously, great episodes coming the week after that. And just stay tuned. Weekly chat tomorrow. Weekly chat. And yeah, all, all sorts then of great patrons, stuff. You know, yeah. just, just scroll through our feed. You know, we, got, you we know post we never stuff all the time. <laughs> never stop, never stopping posting content. Take care, everybody. Stay tuned for more and have a wonderful week. Goodbye, y'all. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.